Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. August 11th, 2020. The Mayan calendar. Getting freaky at the roller rink. Escaping Alcatraz. And an outstanding book that isn't new. This is awesome today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it and have an awesome today. Would you? Hi. Good day. Oh, opening that Topo Open Chico. Open it already. Crack Starting it open early. Right off the top. That way I can well, get my belches going early. Let me open mine too since right. we're opening and then they'll be at our... It's the grand opening. <laughs> my gosh, that's so dumb. <laughs> You're just jealous. Mm -hmm. Jealous that it is August 11th, yeah. 2020. I didn't look. I'm sure there's. A, I'm sure it's Father's Day somewhere. <laughs> 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 Woo! That's good. Let's we'll put that on a T-shirt. Yes. It's Father's Day somewhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yes. Well, you like the old stuff. I love the old stuff. Take us back to antiquity. Antiquity, indeed. The year 3114 BC, of course, because we haven't made it there yet. Right. The Mesoamerican long count calendar begins. Okay. Most notably, you might recognize this under the name the Mayan calendar. It is what they used. Okay. Theoretically, hypothetically, hypocritically, <laughs> ecumenically, ecumenically, good. all those things. All right. I'm not sure I'd use it. They tend to keep missing the end of the world. They did. Well, it wasn't it that it, the calendar itself ended, what was it, 2012? I don't know. So here I'm we are. Not, I'm not Mayan. I so. mean, I think the case could be made that things have steadily gone down since Right. Then. They mistimed it. It should have been <laughs> the spring of 2020. We are now, in fact, living in purgatory. Speaking of purgatory, I cannot resist a segue. I'm just going to make one up right now. Maybe you have experienced the purgatory of a roller skating rink at some point in your life. 
Well, I, I tumble skated to Endless Love, dang it. I know. Uh, 1866. You want one more story about that? I do, but let me just say this. 1866, the world's first roller rink opens in Newport, Rhode Island. Nice. All right, let's hear it. I had a friend. I guess I'd still call him a friend. I haven't seen him, though, in a few decades, so he might not call me a friend anymore. Mm -hmm. His name was Justin, and he's a different Justin than I think I've referenced before. I've known yeah. a few Justins. Gosh. And they're all troublemakers. This one especially was. Um, he, pretty sure he had the, the deficit disorders, all of them, and a few extra that haven't been diagnosed yet. He was a wild child. Dude had some energy and some creativity, yep. and he was not about to be held back yes. by anyone. Um, it was very common. This would have been early 80s. It was very common. The hot thing, in fact, yeah. if you were going to have a birthday party, was to have it at the skating rink. Oh, gosh, of course. That was, that was big time. There's nothing more exciting than sliding your old foot down in somebody else's foot fungus. Yeah. Uh, fallen down several times on a floor that's probably never been cleaned. Yes. Playing a few games of foosball, getting excited, falling over while you're doing all that. It's all kinds of good stuff. And then the music, of course. And the music, of course. Um, Michael Jackson's Beat It. Yeah. Was a popular song at the time. Just arm in arm with Weird Al Yankovic's parody of it, Eat It. <laughs> I haven't thought about it in a long yeah, time, but yes, yeah. I recall it. I don't know to this day if Justin personally requested the song Eat It or if someone else did. But there's something tonally or rhythmically in that song that triggered all of his disorders at the same time. <laughs> And he dove over, there's like a three foot high wall between the foosball area and the rink. Yes, right? of course, I know exactly. He literally dove over the wall. Oh no. I don't even know how he got foot leverage to do it in the skates. <laughs> if he was up on the toe stoppers or how he did it. Dove over the wall, he lands hands and then feet and then immediately starts lapping at the floor, licking at the licking floor like it. a dog <laughs> to the song Eat It. And the whole skating rink, other than the music went silent. <laughs> it was a strange day that likely none of us will ever forget. <laughs> you haven't all these years later. I don't know why I continued to be his friend other than it's just like, well, what now? What can you do to top that? <laughs> it was more of an observational friendship. Yeah. It sounds like. Yeah. And he did other things to top that, including one time his family was very, oh, you want to have whatever random thing for a pet? Sure. Well, they had a pet bull snake that they'd found somewhere. Oh, Lordy. And I came over one time to play and watched him feed it G.I. Joe dolls that oh, swallowed them whole. I don't like where yeah, we're going the snake, with this. The snake didn't last long Let's, after that. Yeah. Let's take a turn away from that. Okay. Well. Um, that is, first of all, I, I'm going to have to <clears> let that sink in. I have, that, a, I have a weird childhood. <laughs> An entertaining saw, one, nonetheless. I've seen some shit, man. <laughs> Yes, you have. Okay, well, 1919, the Green Bay Packers football club was founded. And do you know where the name Packers came from? I have no idea. I've always wondered this. I don't know if it has something to do with cheese directly or indirectly. I had no idea. Okay. I had no idea. And cheese heads. Like, right. For, right. for non-sports ball people, that's why I asked about cheese. It's... Uh, 
it ultimately came from the financial sponsor of the club, which was Indian Packing Company. Okay. So they were the Packers. Now, that sounds like a lot less cool of a name. I was going to say, it's problematic, so let's right? move right along. I don't know if the mascot runs around with a box packing <laughs> stuff in it or what. <laughs> I've never paid attention to the mascot, but now I'm desperately curious. All right, 1934, the first federal prisoners arrive at Alcatraz. Of course, the prison that is uh, uh, on an island mm -hmm. off of the coast of San Francisco. Yes, excellent. Um, so Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood is a, a film, not filmed in 1934. Clint Eastwood right, is old, right, but right. he's not that old. Not quite that old, yeah. Um, but you say that that is a, a good film? Outstanding An outstanding film. film outstanding even. film. The... Uh, the creativity of yes. it was a very MacGyvered yes. escape, making do with what prisoners could get their hands on. Yeah, um, creating a, a drill out yeah. of a fan, using you know, rubber cement and raincoats and hair clippings from the barber shop and yeah, all kinds of nail clippers. I mean, it's just fascinating the endeavor and then the stress oh, and all yeah. that to this day. If I were, if we had cable and I were flipping through the channels, I, and I saw this, I would stop and watch it. It's a good movie. Something else you could watch. I didn't know this was a thing until this past weekend. I was visiting with my parents, who have taken up an obsession with shark shows yeah. on the television. The Sharks of Alcatraz. Well, my dad even said something about like there's a show called like Sharkatraz. Okay. <laughs> Well, there's also such a thing as a Sharknado, so. I know. But anyway, he was telling me that one, they, they, one of the TV programs they watched was about some pe some prisoners who tried to escape from Alcatraz, and to this day, they don't know if they made it out right, or right. if they were devoured by the sharks. Well, and one of the difficulties about escape from there is that the tide and the waves and all of that make it wickedly difficult to get away from the island itself. And that's probably why so many films and probably even novels and those types of things use it as a setting because yes. it is like this tremendous man against nature. Not just mm -hmm. man against man in terms of being in prison, but man against nature to try to actually make it out alive. Indeed. Okay. Indeed. Well, 1952. The other day we talked about Hank Williams Jr. falling off a mountain. In 1952, Hank Sr., his daddy, was fired from the Grand Old Opry and told not to return until he was sober. <laughs> Try it up or don't come back. Indeed. So the apple may not fall far from the tree unless that tree is on a mountain, in which case the apple could fall 500 feet or more, which in fact happened, and that is a long ways relative to the size of an apple. Oh, man. Talk about family tradition. Indeed. All right. Well, in 1992, we have the grand opening of a 2.5 million square foot feet of real retail space. That's a lot of square feet. That is so many square feet. It's spread over four floors, contains over 500 shops. There is an indoor amusement park, including roller coasters and an aquarium. Of course, we're talking about the one and only Mall of America. Only in America. And only in America, in Bloomington, Minnesota. I've not been there. I don't think you have. I, I have no desire to go. Yeah, it feels like overstimulation to the maximum. Yep. Yep. I think the biggest shopping venue, and maybe it's a toss-up, um, probably the biggest that I've been to maybe is the Galleria in Dallas. Mm-hmm. But I think the most trafficked. Yeah. 
was when we lived in San Marcos on the south oh, edge man. of San Marcos. Yes. That was what outlet was that service was that affiliated with? Do you remember? No. It was it was substantial in size. There had to have been Wow. wow. A snoring dog over there. That's impressive. That was human level. Yes. Snoring. Yeah. Okay. Whew, I'm a little on edge now. Yeah. There had to have been what, 150, 200 stores out there? Yeah. And you had traffic from everywhere in the country, but also you had tremendous traffic from Mexico that would come up as well. Yep. It, it, just about any time of day, any day of the week, you'd struggle to find a place to park. Yes. You had to take trolleys anywhere you wanted to go. And then in the holiday season, they would have to have actual San Marcos police officers to yeah. direct traffic. And there yeah. was like, it was a madhouse. And... Uh, the overnight, like Black Friday, going into Black Friday sales. Oh, Again, yeah. this was the early 2000s, so they, the stores would still stay closed at some point, you know, and then have a, an opening for Black Friday, whereas now right. it's just like 24 hours. But yeah, it was a complete madhouse all the time. You could get some good deals at the San Marcos outlets, but you could oh also my gosh. Get in a fisticuffs in the parking lot. Yeah, absolutely, you could. Mm -hmm. All right, 2008, Airbnb is founded. Nice. I didn't realize that. Airbnb did not come across my radar until probably, I don't know, like five years ago. Right, right. And so I did not realize that in 2008 is when that got up and running. That's a, it's a brilliant idea. And yeah. I think certainly, I, I think we, for so many of the things that we see now, we have to go back to eBay and give mm -hmm. them credit for a lot of ideas yeah. for how things developed. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my word just for digital commerce, period. Yes. Um, but yeah, fascinating all the, the transitions from that time forward to now literally, is there a reason to leave your home? I mean, except to go to mass, we pretty much don't. That, that's true, but <laughs> we are in quarantine. But I mean, you, but you don't have to. I mean, anything you want. Yeah. Every, and everybody has slowly followed suit. They've tried to fight it first. And then they've they've turned around. Same things happened with television right. and movies and all of that. It used to, you know, you'd go down to the red box, and that was oh yeah, that was such a coup because you didn't have to go into the store any longer right. and all of that. But then, yeah, just to have everything you could possibly want streaming every every retailer in America, not only that could sell it online, but now everybody's delivering it as well. Yeah, like make your Walmart order, get it the same day. It's kind of crazy how it's all that's shifted. Very crazy. And you can go stay in someone's house or a house, house that they have purposely bought and converted into a place to stay instead of having to stay in a grimy hotel room with mm -hmm. murder sheets and semen yep. shower curtains. Yeah. <laughs> the best shower curtains. <laughs> <laughs> so nasty. Yeah. Well, in 2012, Mitt Romney names Paul Ryan as his running mate. Subsequently, Paul Ryan spent the next several months fighting an internal dilemma, desperately trying to decide if his image should be the young and sexy guy or the mature beyond his years and cautiously conservative guy. And yeah, ultimately, I think he's landed in that awkwardly neither one space. <laughs> Is he retired from politics? I no, like I not... think he's still around. He's so disturbing to me. I feel like he's not... Um, maybe he is still serving his his actual office, but he's not like one of the he's not the speaker of the house anymore. Well, the the 
I, my voice chilled up because I realized, like, I don't really know what I'm talking don't about know at this moment. What a government is? Is yeah. it spelled with a B in the middle? <laughs> government. <laughs> I'm my assumption, and I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm making this up as I go. Uh -huh. My assumption is that that whole, this whole thing that I've described, yeah, this moment where he was not ready to be in the limelight. Oh, okay. Because. He didn't know for sure who he was. Now, part of that, I think, is because he was still relatively young mm -hmm. for Congress, too. I think he is a person that, in general, doesn't really know who he is. Like so much of Congress, that they are a shapeshifter to whatever looks like it's going to get him the votes. And he made, he revealed that too openly. He made some some statements a little too strong in the wrong direction. And I feel like the the core group of the Republican Party fell out of love with him. Oh, okay. Realized you are not you are not a future person for us. Hmm. So they moved along. Okay. Well, makes sense. That's, that's why he's not that's my so much in the headlines anymore. Yeah. Okay. We see the same things happening uh, in both parties. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This one's a little bit involved. It's a story. It's a little bit of a story. Okay. So the year is 2017 but that's that's like the climactic moment okay. we have to go back first to 1995 all right at a hotel in china there's a couple of guys who have checked in and they've done so with the intention of robbing the other patrons now mid-robbery the guest returns to the room sees it going on they end up killing him okay then to cover their tracks, they kill the owners, the owner and the owner's family. So it's a quadruple homicide. Now this got real dark. You it, guys. Yeah, it gets dark. 1995. We weren't doing quite as much video surveillance of everything, well, right? Even if there was video surveillance, they like it was a tape recorded on a v VHS tape that was right, re recorded that over yeah. every like every twelve yeah. hours. They're like, okay, re watch it, it anyway. Re record just... it. I mean that if you ever if you listen to as much crime, true crime as I do, read as much true crime as I do, truly the number of times that it's like, well, it could have been caught on video surveillance, but they taped over yeah. it literally yeah. like 12 hours later yeah. before the person was even known to be missing. Mm -hmm. It's enough to pull your hair out. So yes, 1995, it is uh, not at all surprising that there was like no right. no right, technological right. clues left behind. I got the impression, which may or may not be correct, that this is this hotel was somewhat of a a mom and pop type operation. Sure. Yeah. Because it was it was they were really loose with how they ran it to the point that they didn't even record names of who oh, stayed there or okay. anything. Yeah. And and this was realized because the police literally had zero leads. Mm -hmm. They had no idea who had been there, nothing. They just nothing. Now, 1995, they're cleaning up the crime scene. Amongst the evidence that was kept was a cigarette butt. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But that's pretty much the end of it until 22 years later, 2017, DNA, that pesky DNA testing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they run a test... And they, for the saliva, still, 22 years later, on the cigarette butt, right? 22 years later, the DNA can still be detected. Yeah. Holy Moses. It's a good thing I don't smoke when I kill people. That's what I pull from this ultimately. That is the takeaway for everyone, yes. So, and they're committed. I mean, to me, this is, you know, cold case. I I couldn't even imagine anybody bother to go look at it. But Mm -hmm. I guess it just left enough of an impact they did. And so they traveled through 15 different provinces the police did yes in china and i and i'm guessing you know you're still looking at at areas where families still live relatively close and so they're they're spot testing here and there just to get similar trying to narrow down the region maybe that the guy that the offenders would have been from and they did and and they got it all the way down to a single person that they believed was most likely the guy they approach undercover and they pretend to be doing family tree research. Okay. And they tell a good enough story that the guy's like, okay, he gives them a saliva sample. They test it and it's a match. That is That's amazing, right? Incredible. So the yes. man, upon you know being questioned and all that once they'd arrested him, he said, you know, hey, I've I've been waiting for this day for 20 years. Oh my god. Now I can finally be free from the spiritual torment. He had long ago prepared a letter to be given to his wife at the time of his arrest, all of this. He was just waiting for it. Yes. The man's name, and can you pronounce this? I think it's Lu Yangbao. Okay. Well, he's a crime novelist. Oh. And his very own murders were what were the inspiration for the novels that he wrote. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Right? Can you imagine carrying that secret with you for 22 years? No, I'm only on year 17, and if I have to go another year, I've got my letter upstairs, I'm ready. I may just go turn myself in. Listen, first of all, why didn't he turn himself in if it was torturing him so much? But then on the other hand, it's like, well, I mean, I've got this terrible thing in my past. I may as well turn it into a career. Got some money now. Why would I want to go to jail? Can I tell you that I sometimes have a reoccurring dream? It's not something that happens often, but I, from time to time in my life, have dreamt that I was either part of, responsible for, or witness to a murder mm-hmm. and have to cover it up and keep it a secret. And just the span of time of covering that up in my dream, not reality, in my dream, feels so terrible. I cannot imagine carrying it for over 20 years. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he it was probably one of the better days of his life to just be like, finally, I don't have to live with this anymore. Yeah. Whew. And he was ultimately convicted, death sentence, all that stuff. That story was a journey. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Well, I'd like to let you all know to follow up on the Simon Cowell story from over the weekend that he did tweet out to his fans yesterday. Sunday. 
Yes. Yesterday as we recorded. Oh, well, okay. He yeah. has now gone on the Twitter to let his fans know that they should A, read a manual, read the manual, mm -hmm. before you hop onto your e-bike, and B, I suppose, let everyone know he's doing well. Yeah. Now, so. the real question is, did he send that out, or was that part of his public relations team, and he's on narcotics right now? I choose choice B. I do too. Okay. All right. Well, if you don't mind. No, I mind. <laughs> Always. And I want you to tell me the story of the book you're reading because there's some changes going on here. Wait, do you mind in a positive way or a negative way? Is there a difference? Yeah. I mind both ways. <laughs> I will be very negative if you don't talk about this. Okay. Well, I've been dropping little hints to you along the way that the book I referenced yesterday, You Are a Badass, for our dozen YouTube viewers I'm showing to the camera right now, this bright yellow cover by Jen Sincero, it is really changing some things for me. It's being, it's, it's showing up as a real game changer in my mind, the way I understand things. So I wanted to give you two highlights that are, I mean, the whole book is- I appreciate that. I like twos. I, you do, I didn't even do it on purpose. Obviously <laughs> you are really forming how I approach life. <laughs> well, we've been married for 22 years. Oh, so look, it's perfect. It's, it's, it's about time. Up. Yeah. Um, truly every chapter of this has packed a punch for me. It has delivered some much needed truth, but there are two chapters. So I, again, like I said, I'm listening to it and I have this physical copy that my friend Laura gave me years ago that I'm going back and kind of... The dog snoring <laughs> the is amazing. The dogs are like so bored with this. I don't know how much of this is coming through, but they're, they're doing that crazy sleep snore where you're kind of startled and you... <laughs> yep. It's so loud. Um, anyway, I have both the paperback copy and the audio copy. Well, there's two chapters that were so impactful to me that I went back and listened to them again and actually got the book out so I could highlight and, and mark wow. up pages and stuff. The first thing has to do with gratitude, which is like so trite, I think, in our culture today because, you know, it's like, oh, you're going to keep a gratitude journal. And if you'll just practice gratitude, then blah, 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 blah. But Jen's whole thing is, now she believes in God, but throughout the book, instead of saying God, because she knows that that packs a lot of baggage for people, she calls it source energy. <laughs> what we might call God. She refers to it as source energy. But she has this understanding of gratitude that when we are practicing gratitude, it actually elevates our energy up to be sort of like, moves us closer to God, essentially is what she's saying. Okay. And that when we are um, doing the opposite, when we are grumbling, complaining, and just focusing on the bad, the negative, and things, that it actually kind of like moves us further away from God, from that energy that we want to be connecting to. Okay. And she talks about the importance of practicing gratitude, even and especially in the tough things in life, like whether it's a flat tire, like looking for the good in that, like, well, I needed a few extra moments with my kids sitting here in the car. You know, we got a chance to reconnect that we wouldn't have had. I need something to do with this money that was burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> but that just really being intentional about looking for what there is to be grateful about in your day-to-day -day life genuinely does elevate your inward energy 
upward and does move you closer to God. And one of the takeaways that she really strongly suggests doing is every single day, find 10 things in your life to be thankful for. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so much. And she suggests doing it at the end of every day. Take out your journal, 10 things. And I was like, God, wait, that feels like a lot. Well, I sat down to do it last night and like, bam, like that. I had 10 things that I could write down. Nice. You are on the list, by the way. You made the How far the down? I was number 10. Yes. Damn, number there's 10. nothing else. I guess Kyle gets 10. <laughs> I'll tell um, him it's in reverse order. And I've really enjoyed this because this is not a Christian book by any means, mm -hmm. but it reminds me a lot of what she says and a lot of the concepts that she teaches and talks about remind me a lot of Ignatian spirituality. Yeah, which yeah. Is... <coughs> which, which finishes every day with an examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a similar it's a similar deal from what you've described to me. Exactly. And this idea of so she really emphasizes that everything that we actually need is already available okay. to us. And so with the practice of gratitude, she says you cut yourself off from the supply of awesomeness when you are not in a state of gratitude. Interesting. Just like we can be grateful for the we can be grateful crying of Nico the in the background. Child upstairs. The other thing that she really um, encourages you to do is to let go of your attachments to the stories that you've been mm. telling yourself about reality. And so she has you do this exercise where you, wherever you are, you stop what you're doing, you spend a minute looking around you, all around you, and focusing on and trying to remember all of the red things, anything that's red. Spend a minute looking for what's red, identifying what's red. She says, then close your eyes. Now think about everything in your environment, everything that, around you that is yellow. And I was like, that was surprisingly effective because I could think of the red things. I couldn't think of a single thing that was yellow that I had seen while I was looking around. And so she really emphasizes that what you choose to focus on becomes your reality. Mm -hmm. And so if you are really focused on and invested in telling yourself the same story that you've been telling yourself, maybe from childhood, like I'm not good with money, I will never find a partner that is fulfilling to me. Um, That's my, how you ended up with me. <laughs> Um, my business is going nowhere. I can't succeed. These stories, some of them we have been telling ourselves since childhood. Maybe some of them were formed in the um, sadness or brokenness or whatever of our childhoods. And they served us at that time. But, you know, you're an adult now. And it's mm -hmm. time to let go of your attachment to those stories and to the repeating of those stories. Yes. And so I was thinking can about... I, can I interject one Yes, thing? yeah. You and I know a person who's in... <clears throat> Excuse me. Now we're both going to cough and choke. Yeah. Um, you and I both intimately know a person who has taken the opposite path of that. And she has focused even more strongly on stories from childhood and to the point where I guess they lost their power mm -hmm. a little bit after however many repetitions of telling it to herself and to others. And so over the course of years, she has created a childhood that didn't exist and vilified people who were not bad. And, right. and now you'd swear, you know, she was the victim of every type of bad thing and abuse and it's just a miracle she's still alive and she revels in that identity and how far yeah. from the truth she now is. Exactly, exactly. So what you focus on becomes your reality. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about how I had said a few days ago last week, 
that I love a routine, but that I just cannot get through my routine because of all of the complications from kids. And so I really started examining that story I've told myself, and it really led me down a path of examining some things from childhood on, that I did have a troubled childhood, not abusive or anything like that, but troubled, and that one of the ways I consoled myself when I was a kid was to tell myself, my kids will never have to go through this. And this being fill in the blank, like unhappiness, emotional strife, blah, blah, blah. And I became so invested in that story that as an adult, the way I sort of made good on that promise to myself as a kid was to try to make sure that my kids are basically always happy. And that has not ended well for me or for them. <laughs> and so, because first of all, the purpose of life is not to be happy. True. And I, I think though, I think there's some strength to the promise. Mm -hmm. I would, I would just, posit that what you've defined as happiness for them is a, right. a far cry from the truth. In fact, that making them dissatisfied in the moment frequently mm -hmm. is a, you know, not on purpose, not like, oh, what can I ground you from? Right. For no reason, but to, yeah. to disappoint their selfishness on a regular basis mm -hmm. is something that absolutely is going to make them happy. Not only the disappointment, but the disempowerment of not allowing them to experience what they need to do on their own to be there to prevent the learning because right. I'm trying to, you know, take care of everything for them instead of allowing them the independence and the learning experience of figuring things out for themselves. I've already really started to course correct in a lot of ways with that. And I can see the change in the twins already. They're seven and they're discovering, oh my goodness, I can scramble eggs. I can take out the trash. I can do all of these things. And they're like happy to do it because mm -hmm. they do, they feel empowered to do these things that the girls are grumbling about. And they, and it's not like I have had the girls scrambling their own eggs and, right. and these types of things for years. These, this is a new introduction of responsibility for them. And they're grumbling about it, but the boys who are younger are like in that phase of, oh, I can do this. So anyway, like I said, this book is filled with a lot of gut punches of truth um, that have really been speaking to me. And speaking of feeling empowered, really helping me to reconnect with some bigger picture things and figuring out um, kind of how to get from point A to point B on some things. It makes it sound intimidating oh, when you call it a, a gut punch. Is there a better, or is there a different adjective that's maybe, is it, does it hurt you to read these things? Okay, no, a gut punch to me is not as maybe painful having never experienced a true yeah. gut punch. <laughs> they, they don't feel good. Um, let's say some powerful eye openers. Like okay. it doesn't really hurt if you were like, mm, open your eyes really wide. But it will open your eyes to a lot of things that, like I said, stories you've been telling yourself, things you've been believing about your own life and how life works, that once you untangle yourself, and again, going back to the Ignatian idea, you break the attachments that you have, um, it really frees you up for a lot of personal growth. So, cool. yeah. Cool. I might actually read it. You said we have it on Audible? We have it on Audible. I'm more likely to listen to it than I am yes. anything else. We yeah. have to do that. Okay. Would you like to shift into something that is not a segment? It is not a segment. Okay. But it is Watch, Read, Listen, Lifestyle. Now, if everybody got excited when I said that because they were looking forward to today's 
mustache wax packs? Yes. There are none. Oh. The new, the final order of wax has not arrived yet. So, just continue to wait in passionate anticipation mm -hmm. or impassioned participation. Impassioned. Either or. You can pick which you prefer. Okay. What could someone watch? Well, they could go find that Clint Eastwood movie about yes. Alcatraz, The Escape From. Escape from Alcatraz. It is a great movie. Yeah. And if you enjoy prison break movies, mm. then you should also go check out another oldie, Happy On. Okay. You'll know it. It's good. You're kidding. <laughs> we gotta we gotta really we gotta do better. We gotta do better. All right. But there's a lot, along with Escape from Alcatraz, there are literally tons of movies, shows, stuff yeah. out there that at least Alcatraz is a setting for a portion of the movie. Yes. So, yeah. Well, we got to read The Guilty Secret mm -hmm. by Lu, Lu Yangao. That one. See, yes. I, can, I can get into that German, Czech, Dutch. I can, I can throw that brogue on things, but... Cannot the the Asian languages, man. I it's tricky for can't you. Can't do it. My mouth doesn't work that way. <laughs> All right. Well, there's that, and then there's also "You Are a Badass" by Jensen Shiro. Again, it's at least five years old, and you can find it easily. And it is on Audible. That so might even that. be at half price books for truly who enjoy that place. Yeah. Um, you could listen to songs by Hank Williams, Senior or Junior. Now, there is a third in the mix. I've not listened to any of his stuff, so I'm not throwing a recommendation out for that. Um, I actually really enjoy a lot of seniors stuff. That's yeah. old country. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Where'd we go? I lost my place on the script. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Okay. I'll give you the garbage ones, and Megan will wrap it up with something good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you could make more of your life decisions around the Mayan calendar. Mm -hmm. Maybe tough if, in fact, it ended. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm betting you could figure out how to count it forward. <laughs> sure. You could get out your old roller skates and have a trip down nostalgia lane and skin knees. Or you could give them to your kids and say, hey, no knee pads or helmets. Let's go learn to live some life. <laughs> yes, I love it. Then uh, maybe a better idea is find an excuse to utilize the services of Airbnb. You know, there there's probably one literally around you. A friend of mine texted me last month and was like, I think I'm in your neighborhood. I'm staying in an Airbnb. Kind and, of a staycation kind of a gig? Yes, exactly. And so sure enough, like literally like three blocks away, <laughs> um, people buying up those properties and converting them into... Is she over in the old meth house over there? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. The one with the no front door on it, just and a piece of plywood. They bought their curtains from the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, here's the update I've been waiting to give. I did finally get my Solstice Sense Summer order in. And so today I put on one, this was good. This is uh, this was one of the ones I chose as doing something new. This is my first um, atmospheric scent. Uh -huh. So the atmospherics really pull on that idea of like rain or maybe the seaside, those types of things. So the first scent I put on is called During the Rain. It's a storm accord layering note. It's uh, the notes are petrichor, soaked earth, limestone, loam, clay, and wet concrete. Interesting. Now, when I put it on, I was like, well, this is really interesting. It's very, it leans a little cologne smelling for me, for my preference. And so, and again, it is meant as a layering note apparently. So I did a 
fun and funky thing for me. I was like, what if I tried to make it smell like you were in a fruit orchard during a rainstorm? Mm -hmm. So I went back to one of my favorites from Solstice Scents, which is sun-warmed honey. And those notes are honey, apricot, strawberry, chamomile, ginger, and orange blossom. And I layered that on top. And this is the how it turned out. It's mostly fruity. Yeah. Yeah. But you can, and chamomile. I, yeah. I catch that strong. Yeah. But you can kind of kind of get a little bit of that sort of um, wet concrete feel underneath if you really think about it when you're sniffing. That's an interesting note to identify and purposefully include, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is a very distinct smell. For sure. So anyway, I will have more sense of the day coming up now that my order is in and I have been trying them out. When you said atmospheric, yeah, it, I had a flashback to college. Okay. Down at the end of the hallway, there was a guy that, uh, I, I don't know how this happened in, in our dorm. Uh, it was my second year, of third year of college, I believe. Um, but somehow they put two guys in the same room that were two of the filthiest human beings oh, Lord. ever, uh -huh. ever. Now, one of them was from Edmond, which is a, it's like the, the wealthy suburb of Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. If you don't live in one of the historic districts or whatever and tout that as your fancifulness, then Edmund's a, another stop along the way, right? Yeah. He's from there. That's where his family is. That's where friends and even friends that were attending the same university, all that. So there was a lot of pressure on him to not be disgusting. Mm -hmm. And so as he, as he went through this battle, rather than cleaning anything, right? Yeah. Rather yeah. than cleaning anything up, he got a candle for their room one Christmas that was stated that it smelled like grass, like fresh cut grass. Sure. And it did. It smelled like, you know, everybody that was would dare to go down to that end of the hallway, like, hey, come here, you gotta smell my candle. And he, yeah. he'd light it up and it, it smells like grass. And he, yeah, it, it does, yeah. And then he would pull out hairspray. Oh no. And he would spray it through the flame. No. And his claim was absolutely right that when he did that, it actually smelled like grass that was on fire. <laughs> it was amazing. I'm not making that up. It's the absolute truth. Don't try that at home, kids. Do yeah, that. no, that's a dangerous deal to do. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. You know who I'm talking about. I know about, exactly so. who you're talking about. Okay. All right. Well, that's probably everything. Yep. We better, speaking of things beyond being on fire, we yeah, better it wrap like up the, the upstairs, maybe upstairs. It ignites into flames. Okay. If dogs are asleep. They'll die in here of smoke <laughs> inhalation. That's not good. No. All right. All right. Well, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. In 2018, Paul Ryan decided to step away from government. In April of the following year, he accepted a delegated position within government. Paul, make up your mind. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.